0: Today we're going to continue with the series that we've been dealing with over the last uh, number of weeks, how to be led by the Holy Spirit. Um, And we've had a look at how the Lord led the saints under the Old Covenant, and we've done that as a comparison to how the Lord leads the saints under the New Covenant. And we looked at the various ways that the Lord led the saints under the Old Covenant, and we have re-examined those ways under the New Covenant to see if any of those ways are still applicable under the New Covenant. And if they are, just how it is that the Lord uses those particular methods to guide his saints under the New Covenant. Um, And so today we want to have a look at um, how the Lord guides the saints under the New Covenant through the method of visions uh, in the church. But before we do, let's uh, open up in prayer. Father, we want to thank you. We want to thank you for your holy written word. We want to thank you that your word is living, it's powerful. It's active, Father. We want to thank you, Father, that your word renews our mind. And, Lord, we cannot understand your word unless you give us understanding. Your word teaches us that you gave, you opened up the understanding of the disciples to your word. And so we ask that as I share your word this afternoon, that we'll be as the oracles of God, that you would speak through these lips of clay, Lord, that uh, you would open our understanding, that we would have clarity of understanding regarding your scriptures, that we may walk in it as you desire that we should. For it is not your desire that your children should be ignorant of your word, but that we should understand that which you have shared with us through your gospel. This, Father, all we ask in the name of Jesus, our Lord, and we thank you for it. Amen. Okay, so we want to have a look at uh, how the Lord guides The saints under the new covenant through visions Um, but before we do touch on that particular issue i want to just briefly look at uh, the lord using uh, um, the method of his audible voice in guiding the saints under the new covenant Um, we saw under the old covenant that uh, the lord did guide the saints from time to time uh, via his audible voice in other words they heard god's voice audibly and we will have a look at the um, incidents under the New Covenant where the Lord, as well, has spoken to His saints audibly. Um, and between the two, the, between the Old and the New Covenant, this is one method that the Lord continues to use under the New Covenant in that He speaks to His saints audibly. However, there is one notable, noticeable difference between the two covenants, that is, in that, as we saw under the Old Covenant, the prophet under the Old Covenant always heard the audible voice of God. This is one of the reasons why God was able to hold the, the prophet of the Old Covenant to such a high degree of account for the word spoken, because he would hear the audible voice of God, and he would then repeat, thus says the Lord. And the scripture would say, it, uh, quite often you read the Old Testament, and the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, and so God's voice was audible to the old covenant prophets under the new covenant not the same thing we've had a look at how god uses the prophets under the new covenant to guide the church and we have seen that under the new covenant prophets do not hear the audible voice of god anymore as a requirement for standing in the office of prophet Um, but god does speak to his saints audibly under the new covenant um, but again, this is as the Spirit wills. This is never again, This is not um, a requirement. It's not, not something that the saints can um, expect God to do. We cannot expect God to speak to us audibly um, as the prophets under the old covenant could expect the Lord to speak to them audibly because God under the new covenant speaks to his saints audibly but only as and when he chooses to do so. Uh, we'll examine just a couple of examples in Scripture, and you'll see that um, when people did hear the audible voice of God speaking to them, that it was a very profound uh, event that took place in their life. And very often, um, God would speak audibly to the saint um, when He wanted, when something profound was going to be taking place in that particular saint's life, or there was something profound that the Lord was wanting to communicate to the church. Through that particular saint, and in their lifetime, when we when you have a look at Scripture, you will see that uh, one or two saints would hear the audible voice of God, but only about twice, maybe three times in their lifetime, and it wasn't a very frequent occurrence, even among those who did hear the audible voice of God, and in fact, and it's obviously very clear that. The vast majority of saints do not hear the audible voice of God because that is not the primary way that the Lord guides his saints under the new covenant. Let's have a look at an account in scripture of um, where the saints did hear the audible voice of God. And we're talking about God the Father now in this particular instance. Instance, not talking about our Lord Jesus. And uh, the scripture we'll have a look at is in Luke chapter 9, beginning at verse 34. And the background here is that uh, our Lord Jesus has taken up onto the mountain with himself to pray Peter, James, and John. And he has been praying, and he has been transfigured before them, and uh, Moses and Elijah has appeared to the Lord, and the three of them are having a conversation, and Peter, James, and John wake up, and they see this, and they're pretty much terrified with what that which they see, um, and we're picking up the account as the, as the discourse between Moses and Elijah and the Lord is drawing to a close. And Moses and Elijah are about to, to leave the scene. Um, and we pick up the account at that time. Scripture says, while he was saying this, Peter was speaking. Peter was saying, Lord, it's good for us to be here. Uh, let's build three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah and he didn't know what he was saying at the time he just it came out of him but while he was saying this a cloud came and overshadowed them and they were fearful and they as they entered the cloud and a voice came out of the cloud saying this is my beloved son hear him when the voice had ceased jesus was found alone but they kept quiet and told no one in those days of any of those any of the things they had seen. That was obviously the instruction of the Lord. The Lord said to them not to share that particular vision with anyone until he had been raised from the dead. But it was a very profound encounter for the three apostles, Peter, James, and John, to hear the voice of God. Uh, for God the Father had spoken, and he had said, This is my beloved son, hear him. And... Um, It it, uh, certainly resonated with the three of them and uh, impacted on the three of them, their lives, dramatically. Uh, So much so that uh, years later, Peter gives an account of that experience again in his his, uh, letter, the second epistle that he writes in 2 Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse 17. He said, for he, talking about Jesus, received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice, came to him from the excellent glory this is my beloved son in whom i am well pleased and we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain and so peter remembers this incident this is many years later that he's recounting to the church what he and john and james had heard on that evening and they never forgot it and um I know, I've know i never heard the, vo- the, the audible voice of God, but I know people who have heard the audible voice of God. And they've also never forgotten that experience. It is a very profound experience. I would imagine it is. Um, and for those who have uh, heard God speaking to them audibly um, and have related that experience, you can certainly tell that it is a very profound experience and it's something that they will never forget. And so there was one instance that we saw in Scripture where uh, God spoke audibly and uh, the saints heard that audible voice of God. Another account in Scripture that we can have a look at is in Acts chapter 9, beginning at verse uh, 4. Uh, You recall Saul is on his way to Damascus and uh, he is still unsaved at this particular point in time and he's persecuting the church and he has uh, been persecuting the church in Jerusalem and other cities And now he's on the way to Damascus to find any more disciples that might be residing in Damascus, that he might bind them and take them into captivity and bring them into Jerusalem, that they may be tried. Um, And on his way there, he has this encounter with the Lord. And we know the encounter where uh, a light, a bright light from heaven comes and shines down on him and uh, the people that are traveling with him. And he says that, that light was brighter than the noonday sun. And it blinded him. And uh, we pick up the account in verse four. It says, "Um, then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And then in verse seven, and the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. And so in this particular account, uh, we, we see Paul hearing the voice of the Lord, and the Lord speaks to him. And in uh, another discourse, uh, Paul talks about the fact that the Lord spoke to him in the Hebrew language. Um, and the Lord speaks to him, and Paul is converted. Paul is saved. Um, Paul says, Who is it, Lord? Who is speaking with me? And Jesus says, It is Jesus uh, whom you are persecuting. And uh, in that particular account... Um, We also know that the Lord appeared to Paul and Paul uh, saw the Lord and had a discourse with him while he was speaking to him. He actually saw him um, because Ananias reveals that to us and Paul reveals that that later to us in another account as well. But initially he hears the voice of the Lord. And not only does he hear the voice of the Lord, but now the people that are traveling with Paul also hear the voice of the Lord but it doesn't seem as if they understood or they could distinguish the words that were spoken. For the Bible says um, that, and the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. And in another account, uh, Paul relates that they, they they didn't hear. He was the only one who heard. Uh, but here we see that they did hear. And so it, it seems as if, they heard a, a, a voice of someone speaking um, but they couldn't discern uh, what it was that the person was in fact saying because that was reserved for Paul Paul was the one and Ananias actually said to Paul that the, God the Father had chosen him to hear the voice of the just one and so Paul ha- had been able to have a discourse with uh, our Lord Jesus as the Lord um, spoke to him in that particular vision um, I don't know if you recall the account in Scripture when our Lord was on the earth and He was drawing close to Jerusalem and He had spoken and God the Father spoke from heaven and those around Him heard it and some of them said an angel has spoken to Him but others said it it had thundered. And so it does seem that those who are not... uh, being spoken to when the voice of God speaks. Some can discern that an actual voice has spoken, but some hear it indistinctly to the point that uh, they hear thunder uh, speaking and so that was uh, just to bring that into this particular instance here and that these people that are traveling with Paul, uh, Saul at this time, hear a voice but do not uh, distinguish what he said. And um, I just needed to bring that in there, but there it is. There, um, Saul hears the voice of the Lord Jesus for the very first time, uh, and then the Lord speaks to him in that particular vision, and uh, Saul is converted and he is born again. And so it's a very profound account uh, of the Lord appearing to Paul and speaking to him, um, and as a result, uh, Saul is uh, brought into the kingdom of God. Another account where we see in Scripture where uh, now we've seen the Holy Spirit, the first account we saw was God the Father speaking. And uh, Peter, James, and John hears God the Father speaking in the cloud. In that account we just had a look at was the Lord Jesus himself speaking to uh, Saul on the road to Damascus. But here's an account where the Scripture talks about the fact that the Holy Spirit spoke. And um, let's have a read uh, of the account firstly, and then we can discuss it. The account is in Acts chapter 13, beginning at verse 1. The scripture says, Now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetra, and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work of to which I have called them. And so we see there are five men of God here who are ministering to the Lord. The Bible talks about the fact that they were praying and fasting. Um, And a number of those men were prophets. Uh, Saul, Paul, was definitely a prophet and a teacher. Barnabas was a prophet. We don't know of the other three who was teachers and who was prophets, but all of them were either teachers and prophets or teachers or prophets. But there were a number of prophets among them. And so it is possible that when the scripture says, and the Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work we're going to have called them, uh, it might have been that one of the prophets has, had prophesied the, uh, what the Holy Spirit was saying. But when we read the accounts in scripture, especially the, 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 Acts, um, the book of Acts, whenever the Holy Spirit speaks through an individual, the Scripture talks about the fact that the Holy Spirit uh, spoke through this person or spoke by this person. But in this particular account the Scripture says the Holy Spirit said and so it is also possible that it is that these men heard the audible voice of God because at this particular point in juncture um, Paul and Barnabas would be sent out as apostles to the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ for the very first time. This was the work that God had called him to, to accomplish. And you would recall that Paul is in fact the apostle to the Gentiles. And so this, this was the launch of his ministry to the Gentiles, which was a very important ministry, uh, for it has ministered to the body of Christ for over 2,000 years since that ministry has been launched. And uh, all of the writings that we've received uh, in our New Testament epistles by and large, have come through the Apostle Paul. So it was a very profound uh, moment in the church history, in the moment of of the life of the church. And so it is just as possible that it is the Holy Spirit who spoke audibly, and these five men heard that audible voice of the Holy Spirit. For don't forget, when Paul was on the road, when Saul was on the road to Damascus, he heard the voice of the Lord, but so did those who who were traveling with him heard the voice of the Lord. So it's very possible because as the scripture says, the Holy Spirit said, uh, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work and whereunto I have called them. And so there's another account of uh, saints under the new covenant hearing the audible voice of God. And then we have a look at another account in scripture, uh, Revelations chapter 1 beginning at verse 10. Um, this is the Apostle John. He's on the island of Patmos. He's been banished to this island because he's been preaching the gospel. And uh, they eventually, uh, instead of killing John, they banished him to the island of Patmos to try uh shut him up and to keep him from the church. But it was on that island that he received uh, the revelation uh, from the Lord of the Book of Revelation, which you have in the Bible. And we'll pick it up in the beginning of verse 10. Um, John speaking, he's, he's giving us his account. He said, On the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet, I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet, saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. And what you see, write in a book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamos, to Thyatira, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea then I turned to see the voice that spoke with me and having turned I saw seven golden lampstands and so we see the Lord here this is the Lord Jesus because it was the Lord Jesus that appeared to Paul uh, to to John on the Isle of Patmos um, speaking audibly to John at first and then John turns and when he turns he sees the Lord and uh, he has uh, the account that we have in the book of Revelation given to him and so it's almost exactly the same kind of an account as Saul had, Paul had, when he was on the road to Damascus. He hear, hears the voice of the Lord first, and then the Lord appears to him in the vision. And it's exactly the same thing transpires in John's account over here. And so it is possible for the saints under the new covenant to hear the audible voice of God. But it is always as a result of God initiating uh, the the incident to take place. In other words, it is as the spirit wills. It is not as the the saints cannot seek after. This is not one of the ways. This is a way that the Lord uses to to lead his saints and communicate to his saints. But it is not one of the ways that the saints can uh, request of God. God, I want to hear your voice. I want to hear you speak to me audibly, because do not forget that we are uh, not of this world but we are in this world and there is one who is called the God of this world and his name is Satan he is a for, he isn't an angel and they live in the realm of the spirit and those saints who seek after he, hearing the audible voice of God uh, open themselves up to demonic activity and Satan will certainly accommodate them along those lines and so we look at it from scriptural point of view just so that we understand that God does use this method to guide his saints um, when he appeared, to, when he spoke to Paul, he, he, he gave him guidance uh, about the fact that he was going to be, now be sent um, as a chosen vessel to the Gentiles. He said, go into, um, into Damascus, wait there and it will be told to you exactly what will be done, what you ought to do uh, there and out. John got guidance in that he received the, the book of Revelation. Uh, the, the five men at, uh, in Antioch Good guidance. Paul and Barnabas specifically received guidance from the Lord in that it was now the time for the Holy Spirit said, now it's time for you to step out into the ministry that I've called you to. And so God does use his audible voice to guide the saints under the new covenant, but it's as he wills and not as we will. And so that's all that I really wanted to do to touch on the audible voice of God under the new covenant. It's still used. God still uses his audible voice to speak to us, but it's as and when He wills to do it. And uh, as I say, it's a normally a very, it's a very profound incident when it does happen. only happens once or twice in the individual's life. And uh, it is when God is wanting to do um, a, a dramatic work in a particular person's life or in the church's life that He uses that particular avenue. And so this brings us now to the, the, the method that the Lord uses um, of visions, in leading and guiding his saints under the New Covenant. And um, we will see in the Scripture, very plain, and uh, anybody can just, uh, by reading through Scripture for for the first time, can see that visions are used consistently by the Lord to guide the saints under the New Covenant. But we just want to understand how how the visions take place, um, how they fit into... Uh, the New uh, Testament Church, exactly, so that we can learn to cooperate with the Holy Spirit in this particular area of visions, because in all of the uh, all of this, we need to learn to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Um, for the Holy Spirit is a perfect gentleman, and He will never force Himself upon anyone. Um, and so, let's just go to the gifts of the Spirit, because that is where we, what we're going to be touching on with today, with regards to visions. And the scripture that I want to look at is in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning at verse 7. And this is uh, the Apostle Paul teaching the church at Corinth on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, Chapter 12, 13, and 14 is all about the spiritual. He says at the outset of that particular discourse, he said, Now concerning spiritual. Brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. And then he goes on to give us a whole lot of information about things of the Spirit, uh, things of the Holy Spirit, that is, uh, in chapter 12, chapter 13, including the, um, the love chapter so-called, and chapter 14. For All of that is things of the, of the Holy Spirit of God. And we're dealing now specifically with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And in this particular teaching, Paul talks about nine gifts of the holy spirit and he lists them in these uh, verses of scripture and beginning in verse seven says but the manifestation of the spirit this is the how the spirit the holy spirit that is manifests himself in the earth today um, is given to each one for the profitable for to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit to another the word of knowledge through the same spirit to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. And so we see nine gifts of the Holy Spirit listed in this particular verse uh, portion of Scripture. And the one gift that I want to focus in on today is the gift called um, discerning of spirits. For that particular gift is the gift that we will be discussing with regards to visions. Uh, For it is through the gift of discerning of spirits that visions are used of the Lord uh, in order to guide his New Testament saints. Now that same gift was being used under the old covenant as well the gift of discerning the spirits was there as well um, you say well what is the gift of discerning of spirits um, in order for us to to more fully understand the gift of discerning the spirits and how it, it operates for it is being able to be being enabled by the holy spirit to see into the realm of the Spirit. So there are two realms that we, we are fully aware of. This is this natural realm that we touch and we can see around us, we can feel, we can hear. And then there is the Spirit realm. And the Spirit realm is where God the Father dwells, um, where our Lord Jesus, the Holy Spirit, all the angels dwell, our demons are out there as well in the realm of the Spirit. And so the realm of the Spirit, heaven is in the realm of the Spirit. Um, is a very real realm in fact that particular realm created the one that we're in now the physical realm each one of us born again uh, even the, the, those who are unsaved uh, are spirit beings and inside of these uh, earthly tents dwells our spirits and our spirits, with our spirits we contact the realm of the spirit we're in the realm of the spirit with our bodies we're in the realm of, of the physical and uh, we're not going to get into that kind of a teaching today, but the point is, is that discerning of spirits is the ability given to us by the Holy Spirit to see into this other realm, the, the realm called the spirit realm. And um, if we have a look, go back to the old covenant again, it gives us a little bit of insight as to what we're talking about when we look at the prophets under the old covenant. And what they were initially called, before they were called prophets, they were called seers. Um, 1 Samuel chapter 9, verse 9, Scripture says, Formerly in Israel, when a man went to inquire of God, he spoke thus, Come, let us go to the seer. For he who now, who is now called a prophet was formerly called a seer. Now, they were called a seer, because see being I mean, s-e-e-r they were called a seer because they could see into the realm of the spirit the lord would allow them to be he enabled them to see into the realm of the spirit and that is what a prophet's ministry was uh all about under the old covenant not all the old Proph- old testament prophets uh operated in this particular gift of discerning the spirits and I don't want to go back into it but you know all covenant prophets um, they all prophesied. Everybody had to prophesy. Everybody had to hear the audible voice of God and that's in a way discerning of spirits operation as well because you're now hearing in the realm of the spirit. You're not seeing but you're hearing into the realm of the spirit so that gift is being made manifest in that avenue as well uh, when one hears the audible voice of God or an angel speaking for that matter. And uh, under the old covenant the prophets would operate under uh, the word through the word of wisdom the word of knowledge Um, but also some of the prophets not all of them had this particular gift manifesting through their ministry called the discerning of spirits in that they would see into the spirit realm Um, recall when Elisha was surrounded uh, by the armies the Syrian armies they had come to to capture him and uh, his servant wakes up and he he sees the the city surrounded by the armies and he says my master what are we going to do um and Elisha prays and he said Lord I pray that you open his eyes that he may see Uh, because firstly he says to him not to worry because more they are they are more with us than those who are with them and then he prays to to God he says Uh, God, I pray that you would open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opens his eyes, the servant's eyes. And he sees the mountain surrounded with chariots of fire and angels of fire. Um, Now, Elisha was seeing that already. And that's why he could say to his servant, not to worry, there's more that are with us than those who are with them. And then he asked God to open his servant's eyes so he could see what Elisha was seeing. And so the, the prophets under the Old Covenant and all of the visions that you can read under the Old Covenant, that is what the prophets operating through the, uh, this, this gifting called discerning of spirits. And that is really what this gifting is all about under the, the New Covenant. And this gift is available to the body of Christ um, certain uh, ministry gifts like the New Testament prophet operates in this particular gifting more frequently uh, than others but this gifting just like prophecy is available to to all the Saints in the New Covenant the discerning of spirits is available to the Saints in the New Covenant but If you recall John's encounter that we we saw when the Lord spoke to him audibly, where he um, received the revelation from the Lord, uh, the book of Revelation, and he saw the Lord. Uh, The the opening encounter of that scripture, he said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And so this gifting only operates when one is in the Spirit. In other words, when one is yielded to the Spirit of God and the Spirit of God then is able to make Himself manifest uh, through this particular gifting um, and so that's what this gifting is all about and uh, with this particular gifting as with all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit they all operate to a greater or lesser degree depending on the anointing on the person and um, one who is called, for argument's sake, to the office of prophet um, has a greater degree of anointing on their ministry, and that when we're talking about anointing we're talking about the, 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 the enabling of the Holy Spirit the, the power of the Holy Spirit, um, the ability of the Holy Spirit, uh, for the, a prophet will prophesy that there are also those who are in the church who are laymen who are not called to the full-time ministry who also have the gift of prophecy and they too prophesy but they prophesy under a lesser degree of anointing to a prophet who prophesies when he prophesies for he has a greater degree of anointing upon him and so the giftings will be made manifest through individuals differently depending on the degree of anointing that's upon that particular individual and also more frequently depending on on the degree of the anointing that's on the individual so a prophet will prophesy more frequently than a layman who has the gift of prophecy um, but he's only used uh, sporadically by the Holy Spirit to bring forth a prophetic word. And I'm just giving those two uh, examples to give you an, an, an idea as to how this particular gifting works as well. Uh, for it is possible for a layman to have the gift of discerning of spirits. Um, when I say layman, I'm talking about somebody who's not called to full time ministry, I'm talking about just a normal church member. Uh, that person can have this gift of discerning of spirits. But that gift will only be made manifest through that particular uh, individual sporadically, as the spirit will always as the spirit was, you cannot initiate you can't initiate and say i'm going to now prophesy and thus saith the lord it doesn't work like that the holy spirit moves upon the person the individual then begins to prophesy and so with the gift of discerning of spirit works exactly in the same method um, as the holy spirit moves upon that particular person they then see into the realm of the spirit um, but they will not see uh, visions as uh, profound as given to a prophet for argument's sake uh, because of the greater and the lesser degree of anointing. They will not, there will not be as many uh, occurrences of this gift being made manifest through the layman as compared through the prophet because of the different degrees of anointing. And so that particular point needs to be taken into account with regards to how this particular gifting works. But in all instances, it is uh, as the Spirit wills. For remember, we read in, the open, in, in, in 1 Corinthians 12 uh, that these gifts are the Holy Spirit making Himself manifest through us. It's His, as He wills, as He chooses to. But we need to yield to Him. We need to be uh, yielded to Him from the point of view of walking in the spirit we need to be more um, aware of spiritual things as we are and as we are more yielded to the holy spirit it is easier for him to then make make himself manifest through us and be able to uh, operate through us and be able to uh, allow us to encounter things of the spirit. For one who is carnal and one who is very worldly in their in the outlook, things of the spirit are very indistinct to them, and and you know not easy for them to step into the to the realm of the spirit. Recall, remember, John says, "I was in the spirit on the day of the Lord when God gave him the book of Revelation." And so we can come to this particular gifting called discerning of spirits, um, and. It is visions given to us by the Lord and audible voice given to us by the Lord. There are three types of visions that we see in Scripture um, that are given to us uh, in Scripture. The first one is what can be uh, referred to as a spiritual vision. Um, And then the second one would be uh, one of a person falling into a trance. And the third one would be one of uh, a person... Uh, who has has what we call an open vision. And um, let's have a look at the scriptural accounts first and then we'll expand on each one of those particular visions. Um, The first one we'll look at again is Paul's account when he was on the way to Damascus. And now we're reading um, a further account down the line, Acts chapter 9 and verse 17. Um, So now... Paul has had this uh, spiritual encounter um, with the Lord on the way to Damascus and Ananias has been sent. And that is an open vision that the Lord gives to uh, His saints who are unaware that the vision in fact took place. And so, not all angels wear white, shining uh, robes when they appear to us. Some angels appear to us in blue jeans and a t shirt um, because they are appearing to us as strangers. And so, we think they're just people, but in fact, they're not. Um, Visions that occur in the layman's life, once in a lifetime. It seems to be scripture from what I, I see in scripture. Um, Ananias, the Lord appeared to Ananias in a vision. Ananias was praying at the time. The Lord appears to him and he says, I want you to go to uh, the street called and inquire uh, in the house of Judas. For one called Saul of Tarsus, for he behold, he is praying and has seen in a vision a man by the name of Ananias coming in and laying hands on him that he may receive the Holy Spirit and receive uh, his sight. And um, the Lord appeared to Ananias. And there's no indication that the Lord ever appeared to Ananias ever again. He was a layman. The Lord appeared to him once. Acts chapter 9, verse 10. Now there was a certain disciple in Damascus named Ananias. And to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias. And he said, here I am, Lord. Interesting. He was ready. The Lord called to him and said, here I am, Lord. Uh, quick response. He was open to what the Lord wanted to do. Uh, and God could then use him. And then we see the other account where uh, an angel appeared to one of the saints. Well, he wasn't a saint at the time. He was not. He an unsaved uh, Gentile. Um, and God sent an angel to him. The account is Cornelius. Uh, when God sent the angel to him, Acts chapter 10, verse 3, about the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. Again, at the time, Cornelius is fasting. Cornelius is fasting and praying. He's not born again. He is a Gentile believer. Um, He's not even a Jew. He's not a he's not a proselyte. He's not a converted Jew. He's a Gentile, but he believes in God, and he gives alms and he prays and he was fasting at this time. Another account he, 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 he recounts to Peter that I was fasting up until this time, and an angel appears to him. And so here's another man who is also open to the things of the Spirit, and God is able to manifest uh, uh, the Spirit realm to him. In that God is able to send an angel to him. And that angel is able to give him guidance and we see the Gentiles coming into the kingdom of God for the very first time and I'm going to close off uh, this account this particular teaching with an account of a vision that I messed up on Um, years ago I was a young Christian and uh, I didn't understand the things of the Spirit as I do today and up to this day I am always um, kind of sad that I missed out on this particular vision but let me just recount what took place and up to how far I got because I was not yielded to the Holy Spirit because I wasn't um, in, in I wasn't in touch with things of the Spirit at the time I was, I was a baby Christian kind of um, I was woken up in the middle of the night i don't know what time of the, uh, of the night it was but i was woken up with a start and the room that i was sleeping in was full with light it was uh, very difficult to describe um it wasn't just it was like a glistening light the whole room was, was, was glistening with this light and it wasn't just pure white light there was uh reds and uh, blues in in amongst but the whole room was just lit up completely and and outside the window i could see where this light source was coming from and it would it had lit up the whole room and there was this the sound of um almost like glass chimes um hundreds of them tingling going on all the time and the, the, it was just powerful really it was um, and my, you know I, I was completely uh, astounded with what I was seeing and then the, I knew instinctively I, I just knew on the inside of me that outside the window there was something waiting for me that I was to join um, and I knew that that was going to take me somewhere, all right? I found myself halfway out of my body. I, I saw myself coming out of my body, all right? And I did not want to go. I was absolutely terrified, For I had no idea what was going on, and it was not—it was completely out of anything I'd ever experienced, and I did not want to go, and instantly just stopped. Light gone, everything gone. I was—I was back in bed, and there was it—just stopped. And to this day, I regret not having yielded to the Holy Spirit on that particular occasion because I don't know what it is that the Lord would have shown me on that particular night had I been yielded to the things of the Spirit. And so I only really relate that particular uh, incident to just encourage people that if you do have this particular gift uh, of the of spirits manifest in your life, to be yielded to the things of the Spirit of God and to be uh, um, accommodating to Him and not quench the Spirit uh, in any way. So that if and when the Holy Spirit does want to make himself manifest through uh, our lives, that we are, as John was, in the Spirit on the Lord's day, that he may make himself manifest as he chooses. And we'll close off the teaching on that particular point today. Amen.